This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Signing number four is through the door and it's key for more. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. Good evening. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, elsewhere as we talk and live after the event, if you can be such a thing on your podcast engine of choice. We are here to discuss the last day shenanigans of the transfer window and have been since 2015. My name is Craig Thimbo and joining me to look at those last knockings of this transfer window January 2024 as well as taking a look over January's as a whole really we'll have a look at the uh the dealings that Ipswich Town have done is Joe Fares how are you Joe yeah good like everyone I've been sitting around waiting for the steel to go through all day and I left sort of my boys training we've been over there this night and from sort of driving across Ipswich I got back to like 142 messages across telegram whatsapp and the like so i assumed it had gone through and obviously it did yes yeah, it's, it's been quite a stressful day on um yeah picking on social media people have been at work but i'm sure they've been um dipping in and out of various social media streams and there's been a few grenades thrown in late afternoon <laughs> cardiff were looking to hijack the deal apparently but um one of the one of the gents in the telegram group gave it on relatively good authority that um, Kiefer Moore had been at uh, the training ground for a lot of the day. And it, as it transpires through all the photos and bits and pieces like that, it looks like that was uh, that was actually the case. But you, you just you do just never know on these final days. Just weird, weird things happen, don't they? And especially when you see someone like Cardiff's name mentioned and um, him having history with them and done quite well with them, etc. And the Welsh connection, etc., etc. It's sort of just... Gives you a little bit of butterflies until you get that final confirmation that's across the line, doesn't it? Yes, but he would not have been the first or the last person to have done all his photos, done all his press and not signed for the club. I'm sure you can speak to someone at the club and dig out some photos of maybe like Connor Goldson or someone like that standing there in an Ipswich shirt, all signed, ready to go. And then for whatever reason, deals just don't happen if, like I say, he'd, he'd have done all his press and everything at Ipswich today, but had this Turkish guy failed a medical all of a yeah. sudden those those photos and he's winging it down the A12 to play at the London Stadium against West Ham yeah they, they wouldn't have seen the light of day those photos so yeah so just being here is not enough you need to get it signed and announced and we're now in that position so um welcome to everybody who's uh joining us there's a there's an awful lot of you here so i'll just ping up some um messages as i'm chatting along but please get your uh, comments in the in the chat um in regards to the signing in, in general um as i say what we'll do <clears throat> towards the end is we'll go through uh, january as a whole um and when we do please um give your thoughts on that and even give it a rating if you want to you know we'll, we'll use old school a level and gcse ratings not these new fangled one to nine and bits of these a b c d e if you wouldn't mind i'll even let you have a plus and a minus um there um but before we get any further rich has told me just to quickly use this for the for the last time uh this january as we are february we're led to believe um because the reason why we are here is to talk about and this is a bit of um retro uh vintage blue monday we're here to talk about joe do you want to give him his his full Monica, Kiefer Roberto Francesco Moore. Correct. Uh, well done. Well remembered. That was I me mean, 
you know, leaving you in the lurch there straight away. Um, so, yes, he's signed this afternoon evening. I'll get up his photo here. Kiefer Roberto Francisco Moore returns to town after a stellar 11 substitute appearances, was it, in his previous town career in 2016-2017, having signed from Forest Green Rovers Reserves. It was uh, it was a strange actually. I, I I remember being in the fan zone um, when he when he signed. I had a mate who used to work at uh, at town, and he came over and found me in the fan zone and said, "Jesus, I've just walked past this guy. This guy just walked past me in the corridor, and he is absolutely massive." Mind you, my mate's only about five foot six, five foot seven, so most people are. But it transpires, and I think we like looking at all the um, Wikipedia. Who the hell could this be? This this striker, this massive striker. And it turns out he was coming from, yeah, Forest Green Reserves, poor guy. Um, he didn't have a particularly, um, what's it look for, star-spangled career at Ipswich Town first time round, Joe. It's just a, a case that he looked a little bit like a, a fish out of water, didn't he? Yeah, and I, I remember I remember you texting me or messaging me with, this is who's signing for us today, because it was when we were looking to replace Daryl Murphy, wasn't it? And this was like at the start of the window. And it's like, well, this isn't the replacement. This is just another signing and we'll sign someone else later in the window and i don't think we signed anyone later <laughs> in the window and um i remember you send it through and it's like keith roberto francesco moore who's currently couldn't get in the forest green team so was he was, out Yoga, wasn't he? he was on loan at torquay oh torquay from um forest greens he couldn't get in the forest green team at the time and we'd signed it for twenty thousand. and ironically now we're probably paying him twenty thousand pound a week to be here <laughs> which was a fee when we first signed him and um it just seemed a bizarre signing and a huge jump for him, which is which he struggled with. But he um he went across to is it Rotherham he went to first? I think he went to, so in the summer he signed yeah, for Rotherham and went and he was there for the whole of their preseason. So he went across there and I think he scored like six or seven goals in preseason. And by the January transfer win, he was the hottest property in League One because he got 15, 16 goals in the first part of the season and there was talk of whether he's going to come back here. And I think he just got moved. His loan got moved to Barnsley and then we sold him subsequently for £750,000 that summer, which was good a good fee at the time. We bought him for 20000 mm. sold him for that. And at the time we had David McGoldrick, Martin Waghorn, Joe Garner, Freddie Sears. He wasn't going to be, or Brett Pittman even at the time, he wasn't going to be playing much for us. And we got a good fee from him and he's gone on and had a, well, like a fantastic career really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He was 24 when he was sort of cast off by Forrest Green in the yeah. National League. And now he's 31. He's got sort of 50, 60 championship goals under his belt. He's got um, Premier League goals and Premier League appearances under his belt. He's played at a World Cup. He's played a lot of times for Wales and has become a key, key player for them. And yeah, just uh, just an in, sort of in, an incredible career, really, isn't it? When you see from where he's come from to where he's where he is now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he actually says in his um, in his comments, and I'll I'll get your uh, thoughts on some of the further future comments in a sec. But I remember my first spell here, and I've gone away and worked very hard on myself during that time. So I'm delighted to be back. And yeah, you say exactly that, Jane. He, he must have worked so incredibly hard. And, and to be fair to him, he must have had some very decent coaches to have dragged him up from from what we all saw you know you'd have done well to find anybody in the crowd at the time who who saw those appearances and those performances thinking yeah do you know what i reckon in a in a i don't know seven eight nine ten years time he's going to be back here and as you say we're going to be paying him the thick end of twenty thousand pound a week this this boy because he's going to be an international footballer so you know fair dues to everyone that's been involved in his um his career since um kira mckenna we are delighted to have signed a striker with strong championship pedigree as well as experience in the Premier League and at international level. Kiefer will bring some important, very important technical and physical attributes to the squad. And Mark Ashton, we're delighted to have completed a move for a player who was always our number one target. We're delighted to have got it across the line during a challenging window with not a lot of movement across the league. So just taking those points probably in in reverse order joe mark ashton what knowing what little we do know was he always our number one target do you reckon in this window it's difficult to say isn't it because we've we've obviously big 
sorry, we bidded a big fee for Sam Gallagher, sort of the best part of two million pounds by what we've told. But from what I understand, the Sam Gallagher deal was done almost, and he was due to go out and join the squad when they were in Abu Dhabi on that training break. And then it broke down at that point and it's sort of been revisited. But I think it's have walked away from that one a, a bit earlier than is has been reported. So we always knew that Kiefer Moore was going to, if he left Bournemouth, was going to be right at the very, very end of the window. So it might be that when we sat down and put our targets together at the start of the month, we put Kiefer Moore as number one and Sam Gallagher as number two or 1A and 1B. But we thought, well, we can get Sam Gallagher on the 16th of January where we can't get Kiefer Moore until the 31st. Are we willing to risk it? Do we want to take that route? So I think there's, there is, you, you can argue, no, no one will ever know who the number one mm. target was other than those inside the club. But I, it, it doesn't seem to me that he's a downgrade on Sam Gallagher, if that makes sense. Maybe the terms of Gallagher's deal were better, that we wanted someone on a permanent transfer and and he's sort of out of contract and a good age, but we'll never know. But signing Al, Al Hamadi permanently, having George Hurst contracted for another three seasons, maybe a loan suits us better in that. But there's just... Yeah. I said there's a lot there's a lot of talk about him compared to George Hurst and but yeah, I'll I get think George Hurst yeah, has, has been brilliant for us, but ultimately Kiefer Moore is a better player than George Hurst, isn't he? He might not be a better fit for the system that we've played, but this is a guy who's an international, who's a Premier League mm. player where George Hurst, this is his first season starting games regularly in the championship score. Yeah, what, volume of appearances, volume of volume of goals in the championship is far superior, isn't it? Yeah, and it's just I think people are looking at what maybe Kiefer Moore can't do. Oh, he can't press from the front like George Hurst is does, but he can do a hell of a lot more other things there. He's he's not Freddie Ladapo who was struggling at this level on sort of the all round game of it. The, the parts of Freddie Ladapo's game that were good in League One were just almost non existent in the Championship. Well, whilst Hurst has got some attributes that Moore doesn't have, Moore has got a hell of a lot of attributes that Hurst doesn't have on mm. on the flip side. So it feels like there's almost <laughs> just a a bar of quality that you've got to clear to be able to play at the top end of this division, which Kiefer Moore has cleared, where there's not many other players available that have. No, exactly that. And that's that was moving on to the, the second point of, uh, well, the second point of Mark Ashton's quote was, it's, it's a challenging window with not a lot of movement across the leagues. And that's been evident, hasn't it? People have sort of been waiting for... The last day or two of the window, thinking right, it just needs one, one or two moves to set the dominoes going. But as things stand at twelve minutes past nine on Thursday, the first of February, those dominoes haven't started to fall yet. So, I think if you look at it as a whole, we've done well to get a deal of this type through the door. Certainly, when you look at other clubs still scrabbling around looking for their own central striker, because there just simply aren't that many around. You, you say about. Um, Sam Gallagher. I think maybe they did as a favour Blackburn in a certain extent by slamming that door shut on us pretty early and not really giving us an inkling that that was it was ever going to open up again, did they? No. And whilst we held out hope that it would, you you, you have to effectively get two or three deals going through the whole month. You can't just put all your eggs in one basket. And if that fails then move on to the next target because the next targets are gone when you've moved on to them and mm. whilst like Kiefer Moore says this has been a long time coming this move we've been talking about it through the whole window that that that's what needed to happen had we signed Sam Gallagher then you th- those conversations are forgotten about but had we not had we been only chasing Sam Gallagher and then all of a sudden this week we decide we need to sign Kiefer Moore and go after him well Cardiff Sunderland Watford have put in all that groundwork and we're now yeah at the back of the queue effectively. So yeah, it's a really, really difficult window to manage, but I think great credit needs to go to the club for coming out of the window with, with what we've come out of it with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we'll, we'll, um, we'll go through the windows a whole, a little, a little bit later on, but in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got this poxy cough for the last three or four weeks. This won't go away. Um, Kieran, Kieran McKenna, we are delighted to have, obviously we've done that. We're delighted to have signed a striker, et cetera, et cetera. But, he he says he's got some very important technical and physical attributes. Um, what are they? And I suppose, as a result, do we now have our starters and our finishers? Well, I, I know there's talk about his sort of pace. He's not the paces player that's running, but he's playing. He's playing in a Bournemouth side. They're not. Uh, he's not playing in Sam Allardyce's Bolton in the Premier <laughs> League. He's playing for Bournemouth, which are a very good side. That's, 
sort of mid-table Premier League side at the moment, aren't they, under Irola? And he's still involved regularly for them, not not playing a huge amount of minutes, but he's he's playing in the Premier League this month. He's playing the FA Cup games and is very much part of it. And he's, he's obviously a lot more mobile than I think he's given credit for, but ultimately he's a... He's a brilliant hold-up player, isn't he? If you if you get the ball to him, it sticks and it will open up space for our um, the the smaller players who are really our goal scorers. And when you look at something like how good our set pieces are, how we organise these set pieces, we've now got a huge threat on the end of them. And it's not necessarily about him being on the end of them; it's about him being able to occupy defenders because you can't leave keeper one on him because he's, yeah. he's a scary prospect there which means that you're probably going to have six foot six keeper more dragging defenders about so five foot six Connor Chaplin wins headers and gets clear in the box aren't you and he's he's gonna when you, you when you know his his goal record compared to George Hurst's when we use that number nine to drag defenders out to open up the space behind them in open play he's he's going to keep the defenders honest because you can't leave him there because he's got such a good record and such a good finisher goal scorer at this level yeah yeah well as and as michael says here in the comment um if we're stuck in a attacking against the low press you can always use the long ball or two to get defense on the back foot which is right and you put in so many crosses like similar to what we did against maystone at the weekend you just need a presence in the box somewhere just to create a bit of panic and a bit of chaos for the ball to fall to someone else um, a lot of the time, if nothing else. Just a, just a quick recap on his um, career since he since he left town. You you touched upon it there, Joe. You're right. He went to Rotherham, scored 13 goals in 20 appearances. for These are all league um, stats. 13 goals in 22 for Rotherham, 21 in 51 for Barnsley, 10 in 36 for Wigan, 25 in 64 for Cardiff, and then moved had his move to Bournemouth where he... Scored four in four in the championship for Bournemouth, um, and has played thirty-five times in the Premier League for them. So, you look at those stats overall. He's pretty much a goal every two or three games, which isn't too shabby. Certainly in the in the championship, is it for for what else he does um, give to the team? But then also, as you pointed out, internationally, thirty-nine appearances and twelve goals. So, yeah. overall, thick end of two hundred and fifty games and the thick end of almost 100, 100 goals. So um, I would have thought as looking at um, other transfers that have or haven't happened, um, it does look like it's probably as, as good as we could have hoped for, really, I, I would I would suggest. How do you think it's going to affect um, our Hamadi? Uh, you know, obviously, it now hopefully takes a, a bit of pressure off and doesn't we now don't have the need to to throw him him in straight away, do we? I think it's a brilliant sign for Al Hamidi's purposes because when we spoke about that on Monday night, there was the the concern that he could end up as the only striker. And you've got Caden Jackson, a lot of pressure on him from the fans, and he's not going to be able to find his feet at this level, which is a, a big step up from League Two. It's going to be a big jump for him. Now we have the we have the experience number nine who can play every game and. Al Hamidi can be introduced to the team at sort of to suit him more 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there. And just, and I say, I think it would just be a massive help to him as well. And the last thing you want to see if you're a defender who's been battered and bruised by Kiefer Moore for 65 minutes is the sort of pace, power, and sort of acceleration of Ali Al Hamidi coming on. So I think they could make a really good sort of one two punch as a striking, as a striking pair the way we use them with starters and finishes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and as you say, we if you're bringing, you've now got the option to bring on, and we'll have a very very quick um, chat about Preston in a bit about whether he's there's some questions about whether he'll start or not. Um, as as you say, you know, you've, you're bringing on potentially bringing on Jackson, Sarmiento, Hutchinson, Al Hamidi at sixty sixty five minutes against some tiring. There's some they're starting to get some serious pace and power in that in that team. If they're not starting, they're going to come on and make you would hope make a bit of a hell of a difference um, from the bench. Um, yeah, some, some uh, very uh, comments along the lines of um, the Davis um, connection, potentially, Joe, how um, Kiefer Moore can can um, interact with, with Leif Davis from the left wing, as you say, from 
open play and also from um, set pieces. But you think predominantly he will be a decoy, but a uh, a, a willing um, occupier of of central defenders on the opposition. Well, yeah, it can't it can't be anything but a help to have somebody with his penalty box presence in there for any anyone putting balls into the box, whether it's sort of Wes Burns on one side, Liv Davis on the other, and I think Connor Chaplin, Nathan Broadhead, Jeremy Sarmiento, all these guys will be delighted to see him sign because it's going to really help them and it's really sort of puts us back in that position where we were, where we were really big attacking threat. I know we looked at the um, at the start of the window and George Hurst was uh, really the only strike in the squad because Ladapo wasn't doing well. Dane Scarlett hadn't done a huge amount. Caden Jackson was playing there. And it's almost like we just really wanted to get that second striker to really help out because Hurst was sort of being flogged a little bit, sort of run 88, 90 minutes in the game. And we, I think, like I say, as much as we miss Hurst, I think as you look at, if you look at the striker position as a whole, I think we've come out of the window stronger than when we went into it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and um, I suppose um, one of the comments here is about, uh, apologies, I can't find who it is that said it, um, about learning off of, um, Al Hamidi learning off of more. But I, I just wondered, just um, going back to your point about the, the effect on others, whether, I don't suppose it's any real coincidences that Nathan Broadhead's form has tailed off a little bit since Hurst's has sort of coincided with the Hurst injury, really, hasn't it? And I suppose that... I appreciate he's been playing up front and, and nominally out of position for some of that time, but he just hasn't seemed to have that, have that spark. You just don't know how Hurst's absence has affected all of the three that um, sit behind him, do you? No, and I think Broadhead's the one who seems to be most sort of struggling with it, as you say, and he's the one that is that picks up the pockets of space there. And if the if the game is sort of tightened up a little bit because they're able to push a little the defense is able to push two three yards higher that that's a big difference where for the space that Nathan Broadhead picks up and I say we're now in a position where we've got the two new strikers come in and one thing is also important at this stage of the season is they're both players who are match fit as well they're both players who have been well in Ali Alhamdi's place playing every week and Kiefer Moore's place being in and around it at a Premier League team they should be able to come in and hit the ground running as opposed to Sometimes you sign a play at this time of year and that like Massimo Luongo last year, for example, hasn't played all all in the first half of the season. He's totally out of favour at his club and it takes a little while to get them up to speed. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, what what I say we'll do we'll we'll have a little chat um about the the transfer dealings as a whole in, in January and also have a quick look just to give people an indication of what other teams have or haven't been able to do themselves um, over the course of January because it has been ha, quite a dry January in uh, in more ways than one. Um, so b- before we do that, we'll just go through a couple of plugs because due to the transfer window clo- slamming shut, sorry, apologies everyone, due to the transfer window slamming shut in February rather than January, um, the pre-match show isn't this evening. Uh, sorry for those of you who are pining for your um, stats and bits and pieces about uh, Preston North End. That will now be coming out tomorrow. It's been recorded. Rich and Seb have uh, have recorded it. That will be out tomorrow morning, I believe. So keep an eye out for that. Again, on your podcast engines of choice and also on YouTube. Um, the flagship hasn't moved. That will be, as always, 8pm Sunday night. And I'm led to believe, Joe, it is you, I, and Mikey, uh, because we're all off to the match on Saturday. I don't, I don't think it's me, but I think it's Seb, wasn't it? But I oh, was it. We'll see. We'll okay. see. You're, but you're you're going to the match as well, though. No. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to. The match. Sorry, apologies, everyone. <laughs> I got my my wires my wires crossed. But I know Seb is definitely going. I am definitely going, and Mikey. Is venturing north. He tends to do this, you know. He's a sly old character. He he um has his roots firmly in the south, but he does tend to go to quite a few northern away days. So yeah, please, you know, if you see Seb, Mikey, or myself, come and say hello. Give us a give us a wave, have a chat. Um, but so we'll be back on Sunday at eight pm live as ever. Uh, and also our friends at Nord VPN. Um, we've got a promo with them. I believe it's something like three or four months free um if you sign up um via hold on let me get this right 
nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday um as i say i think it's a three or four month free uh, offer you activate it um via bm link and then yeah you support the prod- podcast in the process um there's a money back 30 day money back guarantee if you don't feel like going through it but you just give it a go and give yourself a bit of security when you're browsing around online you pretend you're in australia or new zealand or america and watch netflix in those countries and things like that purely legal. away days are great but there's nothing quite like home comforts the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home advantage with mc delivery you win order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com blue monday are delighted to be partnered with Talksport fan network and nordvpn giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wes Burns running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Cool. Um, so what we'll do now, uh, if I get up, Joe did some um, work for us here um, in that he went through um, the transfer dealings predominantly in regards to strikers that have happened uh, throughout the window um, for other teams in the championship. Um, And apologies for those of you who are listening rather than watching. Um, But you can see from this list here, Joe, and I'll let you go through the list and certainly go through the first two names on the list. Um, there's not an awful lot that's gone on. And if, and if you take away Emmanuel Dennis um, going back to Watford um, this time on loan, you you would think from an outside look in that Ipswich Town have done some very, very, very decent business in this window from a striking perspective. You're on mute, mate. Yeah, so I, I was pressing it. Um, I think there's an argument that we've, like I say, you take Emmanuel Dennis out there, but we've probably signed the two best strikers in the window. In Kiefer Moore is definitely up there as a player with a proven record at this level, and then Ali Alhamdi is probably the one player in the EFL that everyone was looking after, and we signed him on a permanent transfer. Where, like I say, you look at Reese Healy, he went to Watford for a million pound in the summer, and he's gone to Huddersfield for two million pounds now, and. Radulovic has, I think he signed for a decent fee at Huddersfield, but he's coming in from the Finnish league, so it's a big jump there. Then you've got Gidu, the old Bristol. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he was the guy <laughs> that Bristol C- City spent eight figures on back in the Mark Ashton era, and he's come back on and on loan to Cardiff. But he's a he's a good player. But he's now thirty two, I think now. Yeah. Then you've got Billy Sharp on a free transfer. Noah Ohio is gone on loan to Hull, but I don't know if he'll even play through the middle. And then Michael, Michael Obafemi was a sort of a big name. He signed for Burnley for a good fee from Swansea. Never really played for them. He's come back on loan to Millwall. Michael Frey has gone to QPR. I don't think he scored a goal for 18 months. EK Ugbo had the first half of the season on loan at Cardiff and will now did nothing there and will now spend the second half of the season at Sheffield Wednesday. Andy Wyman's had a good career at Bristol City, but again, he's mm. an older player. He's gone on loan to West Brom. Yeah. And then Callum Marshall is probably the, the one player that, no one really knows how he's going to do. It's his first senior loan, but I think he scored over a goal a game in the under-21s league for West Ham. So he's sort of seen as potentially somebody that could go on. But when you look at... I said, when you when you look at that list, you've got two real... Well, probably three real standout names in there, and we've we've managed to sign two of them. So hmm. I I think Keith Moore, you could argue, is the best, the best player on that list. And I think after that, you've got the most exciting permanent transfer on that list as well in Ali Alhamidi. So I think that just shows what the market's been like this year. And we've heard all through it, like Cardiff want a striker, Watford want a striker. Sunderland want a striker. Sunderland want a striker. And still do at the time of recording. still do. And and we're the team that's gone out and got two. And I think we've stolen a march and everyone with Alhamidi. And we've now nailed the number one Premier League loan player into the championship. There you go, everyone. 
Are you feeling positive now? Um, yeah, so as I say, you know, it, you're still seeing Sunderland scrabbling around and, and the Sunderland fanzines um, tweeting that they're now getting desperate, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, just it sort of puts things into perspective. Um, elsewhere, in another universe, I noticed that um, Joe Garner has signed for Oldham to team up with James Norwood. Well, Oldham have about... 10 strikers like there's a I can't speak to an older fan Andy Ritchie Ian Marshall they're still hanging around we've just signed another striker but fair play to them but that's not a defence it's not an attack for the faint hearted is it there's going to be a huge amount of S-housery going on from those two up front isn't there just imagine but that that is always a hugely sort of competitive lead to get out of. I think Paul Cook's Chesterfield will be Running promoted there, relatively mm. soon. And then there's going to be a the the sixteen playoffs they have there is will just be a battle royale to get out of because there's some serious quality and some serious money in that league. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah so just as a we'll now recap the um January transfer window as a whole. So as I said before, if you want to um Give us your ratings. If you, if you want to stick some workings out in there as well, please do. You know, don't copy each other. I need to know that it's your own um, your own answer. So put your workings out with them as well if if you wish. Um, but just as a reminder, early in the transfer window, um, Sarmiento came in on loan from West Brom, and I think it's safe to say, Joe, that he's made an instant um, impact and has done everything we could have asked for him. Really, hasn't he? Yeah, he looks really, really good, doesn't he? And it's a, it's a surprise that he didn't get as much game time as at West Brom, but I think they play a more defensive formation. So you look at how Sander Carlos Corbrown, they go one up and then they just see the game out, really, from that point where you look at how McKenna likes his team to play with the licence that they give, and him and Amari Hutchinson look like they're going to form sort of brilliantly together and as it turns out Nathan Broadhead has sort of struggled a little bit in recent weeks as we've mentioned before so maybe Sarmiento I think will be pushing for a start if he's not going to get one at the weekend he'll be pushing for one soon I think there was talk that he was due to start one of the previous games I can't remember which one maybe maybe Leicester he was due to start that but didn't in the end but I think he's he's one that's going to really fly from here and if the like the person who broke the story the Venezuelan, was it Ecuadorian? Ecuadorian journalist. The Ecuadorian journalist with 700,000 followers who had photos from behind the scenes of what was going on before Mm. anyone else did it. Also noted that in the um, inner deal that the loan would be extended for another 12 months if we got promoted. So it would become a Premier League loan if we went up. And I don't think we've got any reason to doubt that source because they were the ones that had the info. So it seems that, yeah, Sarmiento could be here for the next 18 months. And if he is, we're going to be in a great place aren't we yeah absolutely well i suppose there is a chance albeit a slim chance that should we not get promoted but uh hopefully hitting towards the top end of the championship again next year that he may well they may well look to get him out to us again um next year regardless so who knows um and then pretty soon after that lewis travis came in and um harking back again to the um pod that um dave and rich uh did when he signed with the guy from um, Blackburn, apologies, can't remember his name. Um, he's again, but he's been steady, solid, and a, an unable um, deputy for for the times that Morsey hasn't been around. Do you, how how do you see him being used further forward, going uh, from now to the end of the season? An interesting one, isn't it? Because it it mm. did seem at first like it was going to sort of be Morsey or Travis along with Luongo or Taylor, but I, I don't know if it's going to quite work out like that now. And ultimately, Travis upgrades us in that position when you look at the players there sort of um, Don Ball Lee Evans are there and he just he just looks a big big upgrade on both of them when they're fit he's got 200 odd championship games under his belt he's a good age he's a leader he's a talker on the pitch isn't he and I think he'll be a a player that comes up with some big contributions for us over the over the remain remains of the season but I think it's interesting when you look at what Kieran McKenna's done for Sam Morsey as a player. Like mm. Morsey was a guy that I don't think anyone thought he had the le- these, these, this level of quality to his game. I, everyone knew he was a good player and would do this and a great leader, but I don't think ed- anyone knew that he would turn into this player that is just yeah. dribbling the ball, moving up the pitch, passing through the lanes. And you just think, is can he do the same with Lewis Travis? Because Travis has probably got a much better football and education, a lot more games at a lot higher level at a lot younger age than Sam Morsey had. So, yeah, it's a, 
Yeah, exci- exciting one for him, I think. Yeah, and, and it's quite interesting, I suppose, from his perspective, because at the moment, obviously, it's only a loan until the end of the season, um, and you don't know the the where's and why fours of why he came here. Was he coming here to get some football under his belt, hoping that the manager that doesn't fancy him back at Blackburn isn't there come the summer, and therefore he can go back to Blackburn and carry on his career there? Or is he actually looking to make this a permanent move? And if he wasn't looking to make it a permanent move, he's now looked at the level of coaching and as you say the progression that Sam Morsey has made potentially from a, a lower starting point maybe arguably um, and thinks you know actually I'll have some of that and he can be transformed himself as a player it's, it's a question I asked um, the ex-professional that's um, currently a subscriber in uh, in Telegram actually um, and then as you as you as you've spoken about um, Al Hamidi uh, you, you had the the pod um, earlier in the week um, to discuss that, and as you write this out, I think we're all just intrigued to see um, how that goes uh, in terms of the um, not necessarily the instant impact, but how how well he'll um, acclimatise to the step up, which is still a, a decent step step up in in quality. You would have thought, um, but then saying that there are people who are more qualified than us um, who seem very excited by it. The guys from the Not the Top 20 pod are glowing about the transfer. Um, I know Sam Parkin um, on the uh, the pod that he does with uh, Adrian Feller. I can't think what it's called now. But, um, but he, again, he, he was really, really... Um, praising Ipswich for that uh, for the Al Hamidi deal so that's going to be an absolutely intriguing one to see how it goes um, between now and the end of the season and then going forward a um, couple of bits of news about um, outbounds um, Elkin Baggett's gone on loan to Bristol Rovers today uh, till the end of the season he just needs games Joe doesn't he that second half of the season last year was sort of wasted at Cheltenham yeah and he's um He's not had a huge amount of games in the first half of the season with us as he's played a few of the cup games. He got on the score sheet against Fulham in the, in the, in the Carabao Cup at Portman Road. But this is hopefully a really good move for him. They've got Matt Taylor there who likes to play football out from the back. Mm. And I think the competition there for the left side of centre-back is George Friend, who's sort of 35 now, isn't a particularly expansive ball player. So, yeah, he's got a real opportunity to go in there. They look mired in mid-table, so they look like they can just that there's no way they're going to drop all the way down there and they're going to have to go on a hell of a run <laughs> push for the push for the playoffs so it's um in, interesting to see how he gets on there but if he can go there and get what 15 16 games under his belt then that'd be a brilliant move for him yeah absolutely and then one final uh, little snippet that came out um, this evening is reported by uh, Stuart Watson I believe um from the East Anglian is regards to Brandon Williams and we are led to believe that he is over his illness and will be hopefully returning to town at some point. And there's been a lot of lot of comments um, from guys uh, about the return of Williams. Um, Jack here says that Moore looks like a brilliant signing, but Williams staying could be just as good. Um, another one here from Paul Westy. Um, Williams has so much potential. We've seen glimpses, could be a real star in the next 18 games. Neil, fit and firing. Williams will be like a new signing, um, et cetera, et cetera. Another one from Colin. Williams will come back fired up. Let's just work on the assumption um, from the the news that we given that he does come back. It would be a huge fillip um, to everyone, wouldn't it, Joe? And also give potentially give Harry Clark a bit of a rest um, if he comes back and his head's in the right place and his body's in the right place and he's good to go. Yeah, it'll be more than a Philip. It'll be, it's very, very important that he is, his head is in the right place and he is able to come back and contribute because he is effectively the right back and the left back cover, isn't he? When you look at how we, how we've played previously and, and it's not just cover on his game, as we saw in the autumn, he was superb and is a player that will push Harry Clark to potentially start games ahead of him and, keep his place in the team. If, if he could get going like he was at around the time of the sort of Preston game, then yeah, he's going to be really good. But we just haven't seen since the West Brom game, we just haven't seen him either enough or mm. at his best. He's been missing a long, long time now, really, hasn't he? It's sort of the best part of three months now where he's just not, not contributed anything to the football club. So it's a big, feels a big risk for me that we are, 
um, sort of going with him. It might be that we didn't have a choice that we weren't able to get out of it. We we don't we don't know on that side, but it's sort of a high risk, high reward thing because if he can come back and be as he was, he's going to be a brilliant player for us. But if he if he doesn't get back and he's just a well for the next four months, it's a really puts a lot of pressure on the squad. Yeah, and I, su- I suppose that's we haven't heard about Cameron Humphreys going out and loan, but I don't suppose it's something that they can um, allow to happen while we still need. Uh, a little bit of cover in and in and around the squad. Um, just one quick question here. Uh, forgive me if I can't find it. Ah, Norman, there you go, Joe. So after all of that, those four that we went through at this moment in time, without the knowledge of what's going to happen over the next uh, February, March, April, May, four and a half, three and a half months. Who would you rate as our best January signing? I think it's. I think it's got to be Keith Moore, just because we were so desperate to replace George Hurst. It's been so required, as we've seen, sort of Caden Jackson, Nathan Broadhead up front, and not only that, we then signed Ali Hamadi, and so I think it's a brilliant signing for what we need in the squad. It's also a brilliant signing to help Ali Hamadi for over the next four months as well, settle into Ipswich Town and settle into Championship football. So it's it's all it's him for that reason. But I think that. Maybe Jeremy Sarmiento might be the one that gets us off our seat the most over the next four months. And he's got the best song currently until someone comes up with a, a Keith Moore uh, equivalent. Um, all right, I'm going to go through some of your uh, ratings now. And while I do that, and I'll, I'll read them out, um, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Click your thumbs up button. That'd be fantastic. And Joe, you've got a bit of time off to have a sip of your drink and think about what your your rating will be Um for this January transfer window. Michael here has gone for a B minus. I like the way we sign players that are mostly had or, who have mostly had already had a first loan. Yeah. Um, Colin's gone an A, an A and a thumbs up for, from Colin for, for Mark Ashton. Um, guy here, Ips Rich, recognise it, never... Don't reckon I've never seen him before. Um, B plus for Rich. Uh, likes Travis, albeit he'll be second fiddle to Luongo. Sarmiento, as he rightly says, is already making an impression. Al Hamidi, a prospect who might con- contribute more than we think and more the experienced head. Yeah, absolutely. Polcat has gone for an A. Um, and as as he says there, or he or she says there, um, just referencing other clubs in the transfer window, there has been... Very, very little going on, um, as, as Joe said, to be able to get two strikers across the line when some some clubs are struggling to find uh, just the one um, is is pretty impressive. Um, David has gone for a B, an A plus by Easter. Um, so yeah, he's obviously hoping that they, the Sarmiento out of the sea and uh, Joe's comment about Kiefer Moore being our uh, best signing come to fruition. Um, Nick's gone for a B plus, um, and it actually says Gallagher or Stansfield is still up. Al Hamidi, he would have got he would have got an A. But I suppose Joe to that. Um, so I, we were talking about it again in um, in Telegraph about there being a list of strikers who we wanted. And I was sort of arguing, well, there, there may well have been two lists of strikers because you needed the Stansfield Al Hamidi type striker and the Gallagher Kiefer Moore stroke Hurst type striker. And, and ideally, you'd get one of each, which we ended up having done so. So, and and from the Stansfield perspective, it was only ever going to be a loan, wasn't it, rather than a permanent? It, it it sounds like there was a bit of hope that we could get him on a permanent when it first when the f- talk first came around. But I think as the window started, it seemed to get away from that, and it would yeah. have just been a loan. And I think because Hurst got, in, I think I think what happened is George Hurst got injured. And the injury was so severe that it totally ripped up all the plans that we'd had at the start of the at the start of the or the at the end of the last window. I think we we knew what we wanted, and maybe it wasn't Jay Stansfield to add to it. But once George Hurst was injured, you then had to think we've only got one loan spot left because we were we must have been quite far down the line with Sarmiento or Travers at the start. So you've only got one loan spot to use. So you then need to use that on a key for more because as we found out doing a deal for a Sam Gallagher is incredibly difficult to do. So that means you then move it. Maybe that Stansfield can't happen because of that. So you then have to look at an alternative option on permanent transfer. There's, it's, and you're juggling difficult. finances as well all yeah, the time, there's, aren't you? There's, there's so much juggling, so much spinning of plates to go. 
but you could, I think you just have to look at the squad at the end of the window, and which is what we're doing. And I think, yeah, everyone's saying, I think the lowest we've seen is a B plus, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What 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 about yourself, Joe? What are you going for? I'll go for an A minus because I think that I don't think we'll ever top January twenty twenty three and the window we had there. So that's got to be the A plus standard. So that's an A plus. Yeah, A or A minus. <laughs> like I, I think we've I think we've come out the window in really good shape. You look at the like I say. My only concern is over the fullback position and Brandon Williams staying there on that. Is it? Is he going yeah. to be able to stay there? Because if, if he isn't able to get back and we're having to rely on Harry Clark going to left back and Axel to and Zabi or playing right back, then we just we just lose a lot there. Yeah. Um I'm just gonna get up uh what Joe has done for us again. Joe's done a lot of uh in in the absence of Seb not being here on, for you on a on a Thursday evening, everybody, Joe's done some research in advance of the the show in his in his stead. And it's it's been up um asked a few times um I will get the questions up here uh, in regards to the squad size. Now, Joe's done, and I've listed it up here on the screen again for the people who are watching. Apologies for those who aren't, but it's basically a list of the squad. Um, Nick's saying here that we're now at 26 and imagines Luco won't be registered. Um, and HCH has asked the question, who gets deregistered? 26 players in a 25-man squad. Um, and as you can see here on the screen, Joe has um, very kindly um, listed them out for us. Um, what happens, Joe? Who who misses the boat towards between now and the end of the season? Well, for me, there's four players listed who I don't think will play any slash many minutes over the course of the season. So you're looking at Janoy Danassian, Dominic Ball, Lee Evans, and Shawnee Aluka. And they're, they're for different reasons. Some are injuries there, but for me, Janoy Danashian, he's he has versatility. He can do a job. It's just we don't know how bad his injuries are. We might find out he needs an operation. If he does, then that's probably him done for the season. John Ball, I, I don't see that you wouldn't register him. He's fit. He's been contributing when he has played, but he's just dropped down a pecking order by the signings we've made. I think he may have been one that could have gone out, but that obviously hasn't happened or isn't happening unless something crazy happens in the next 75 minutes. And... So it leaves you with Sonny Aluko and Lee Evans. Um, Lee Evans, from what I hear, should be back sort of early March. So it's not as long as some people expect it to be. And if that is the case, he's going to be back in early March. I think he's got more chance of contributing than Sonny Aluko, who sadly um, looks like his, his race is run at the level we need him to play at. He's, he started off well against Maidstone, but he sort of played that sort of 15, 20 minutes and then sort of struggled through the game from there. He's only played in one league game this season and that was when he came on for the sort of final 10 minutes against QPR at home when we had six players out. So he is a long way off playing. He's um, he's well, I say he's, he's a player who has shown great quality but I just don't think he's athletically can keep up with what we what we need when you see how much energy we, we play with as a team. He just doesn't, doesn't have that. So I think he's... Um, He's obviously a very value, valued member of the squad and he's almost working as an analyst now, but I think his his race is run with regards to actually contributing in the league. Yeah. David, thank you very, very much for your continued support of the podcast, my friend. Um, as ever, thank you very, very much and uh, hopefully we'll see you over in the UK and Ipswich very, very soon. Um just a quick one here from LG. So, apologies, LG. I've seen it a couple of times, but it kept, there were so many comments. They've been flying up the screen and I've missed it, but I've caught one. Have you heard anything about Nathan McGinley, Joe? I don't even know who Nathan McGinley is, let alone whether he's. It, it, it does seem like it's a name that people have been trying to pump on TWTD as a. I don't know. I think he's left Partick Thistle on a free transfer to sign for Dumbarton. I, I heard we offered oh, him that a, Nathan McGinley. I heard we offered him a mega contract to move down, but the lure of Dumbarton was too much for a. Us so Kieran McKenna spent a lot of time going back up and down to Scotland, but hasn't been able to get one over the line. Sadly, the one uh, actually now in light of that news, if everyone just wants to revise their ratings of the transfer window, knowing that we didn't manage to get Nathan McGinley across the line, or I'll just automatically deduct I don't know a couple of grades and, and, and knock it all down. Um, so yeah, we're we're pretty much almost there. I think. Um, thank you to everyone who's uh, been joining the chat. As as you can probably imagine, it's it's been quite a busy one. I think there's probably been a bit of 
relief that we managed to get um, that second striker over the line. Um, so yeah, I think there's been a bit of um, a bit of positivity uh, flying around. Um, ah, good news, David, over for the Birmingham game. Well, hopefully we'll um, we'll get to see you there. Um, just a quick one in advance of the um, weekend. I know um, I say that the um, pre-match show is on uh, going to be re- released tomorrow. The guys have already got it in the can. Before we hear from the experts, Rich and Seb, about what they believe is going to happen, a question here from Lee. Joe, does Kiefer Moore start at Preston North End because he has a feeling that he will start with Caden Jackson? It, it does seem most likely that Jackson will start because he's obviously been in the building and they've been working up to that game this week. If you think Kiefer Moore, it's, it's Thursday, it doesn't feel like it, but it's Thursday night now, isn't it? So his first day training is going to be tomorrow, but that we'll, we'll be traveling up to Preston tomorrow, won't we? So there's, I think we're flying up there actually in the morning. So there hasn't been any, any chance for him to even have a training session with his team. And the way, the way we are, I'd imagine that it will be Jackson start unless Al Hamadi got back sort of quickly from Qatar and has maybe pushed for a start there. But yeah, if I, if I had to put my last dollar on it, I would bet on Caden Jackson. But as we move into next week, we've then got a full week on the training ground next week, don't we? Leading into the West Brom and then Millwall mm. games. Yeah, brilliant. And as Richard's put here, trampling on the toes of the transfer deadline chat, the uh, pre-match show will be out at 7am tomorrow morning. So you'll be able to listen to it on the uh, the second half of your paper rounds tomorrow morning, everybody. Um, well, thank you very much, as I say, for joining us. It's, it's been a lot, a lot of people in the chat. Thank you very, very much for your, for your comments. Um, hopefully, um, predominantly Joe has, has done us proud in terms of um, reviewing the signing of Kiefer Moore and going over the January transfer dealings in general. As I say, pre-match will be tomorrow uh, and flagship will be as per normal on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Thank you very much for your time, Joe. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for everyone for joining in as well. And I'm sure all Ipswich fans will be sleeping easier tonight knowing that we've got that that sort of experience number nine in. Super. Cheers. Take care, all. See you soon. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.